Uh, well, it was wide, like, you know. I don't know how many thousand people were, <laughs> were here. I'd say every one of them thought it was wide except the umpire. But anyway, sure, look, that's what happens when you, you know, when you weigh grounds, you don't tend to get breaks. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball. This is News Talk. Welcome back. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you this evening. Darrell O'Shea coming up on the football show after nine. Later in this hour, we're going to be looking ahead to Wales against Ireland and the start of the Six Nations. And we're also going to look at the controversy surrounding the Women's World Cup and a potential sponsorship by Saudi Arabia. But we've got our own little controversy going on in Ireland right now, and it all surrounds Katie Taylor. So it did seem in recent months that talk of Katie Taylor fighting at Crow Park had moved from if it'll happen to when it will happen. Uh, all that changed last night, however, when Katie Taylor's promoter, Eddie Hearn, went on Ariel Helwani's podcast and said that Crow Park wouldn't be happening in May due to the costs surrounding renting the stadium, which he said were three times higher than renting Wembley Stadium. And instead, Hearn said they were looking at fighting at the Three Arena, the much smaller Three Arena, on the 20th of May instead. Now, off the ball, Shane Hannan caught up with the Crow Park Stadium director, Peter McKenna, a little bit earlier today. Here's what he had to say. Some of the things that um, grabbed a little, and I know when your, your microphone is just put under your chin, as it probably was for him, um, you know, you're saying that you know, we are way, way too expensive. Uh, I mean, that is... That's not really the case. I mean, we'll be we'll be line ball really with with Wembley. The the issues really came down in terms of security costs, and I think, you, you know, we would we would lay out a fairly fairly rigorous assessment of the risks involved in bringing a big event like that, 70,000 people into this area. Uh, it's going to be late at night and so on, um, and what what would be involved in that? So I think the difference in it, it was our perspective of what that risk needed to be to manage and mitigate. Um, that's not something we came up with ourselves. That's something we worked closely with the guard and other statutory services when we're laying out our plan. Um, so that, that, that will require a, a lot more discussion. And I, and I say that with a reason because, you know, we, we come out of seven concerts last year, very, very successful. Um, we only did that with the support of the local community. I mean, and um, we, we can't walk on that again. You know, that is just, we're very, very beholden to the local community and their support for us. So we want to make sure that anything we run here is done to the, to the highest possible standards. Um, and that's not always the case, you know. You know, I, I, I talked earlier about 2020 in Wembley. You know, there's, there's, you know, um, it sparked a whole public inquiry. Baroness Casey was um, uh, chaired it, and they're quite scathing on the fact that there weren't enough security, weren't enough police, um, and and all of the issues that came on the back of it. Now, none of us could contemplate that happening here. You know, it's it's. Um, and we all run, whether it's the Aviva or ourselves or or the Three Arena, indeed, to very very high standards. Yeah, that was the Crow Park Stadium director and the commercial director, Peter McKenna, talking to our own Shane Hannan a little bit earlier today. Uh, Gavin Casey of The 42 is with us. Good evening, Gavin. Hey, Nathan. How are you? So, Katie Taylor fighting at Crow Park. It's a very evocative thing, I think, for Irish people. This, this is the homecoming that her long career deserved. We've waited far longer than we should have because of various different reasons and that this night will be the crowning glory of her career and one of the great nights of Irish sport uh, but it's not going to make enough money for Eddie Hearn That's one way of framing it for sure, yeah um, is, it, is it in any way a fair way of framing it? Sorry, say that again? Is it a fair way of framing it? Uh, 
it's a weird one. It's one of these conversations where I'm reluctant to go down the route that journalists tend to, where it's like, oh, it's a little bit of both, or it's a little bit from column A and column B. Certainly it is uh, a key part of it. Like, I don't think it's pushing the boat out to say that Eddie Hearn is taking a massive financial risk by attempting to stage a, a fighting pro park in the first place, or rather, if it did materialise, it's a big financial risk in the sense that the way it would shake out financially you'd want to be sell, selling about 50,000 tickets in order to break even. And like the cream or the profit is probably that uh, narrow or relatively narrow scope between 50,000 and capacity, the tickets you'd manage to sell um, in that area. So um, yeah, it does come down to the fact that he, I, I, I would suggest it's more about uh, seeking to avoid a huge loss than it is uh, about ma actively making a lot of money on the event. I don't know that it was ever going to be a massive money spinner for, Hearn, I do believe going to Croke Park was actually about exactly as you outlined, Nathan, giving Katie Taylor a crowning moment in her own country where it felt feasible for the first time in a long time and where it actually felt close to materializing and, and where parties were, were relatively speaking on the same page as recently as November. Obviously, since then, uh, negotiations have reached a, a cul-de-sac from which there would appear to be no return. And yeah, it's really bizarre to think that for six years, a lot of Irish sports fans have awaited this moment. And when it finally seems to be on the precipice of happening, even if it is the three arena, it suddenly feels as though it's a little bit of a come down or, mm. or an anti-climax in comparison to what had been mooted for the last several months, even as far back as that famous Serrano fight in Madison Square Garden in New York. That's interesting there, the process of making profit at a Crow Park because we were talking earlier about again would it sell would this sell because because of the Regency because of Katie Taylor not being able to fight on home soil before we don't know actually in reality what sort of an audience is there and there's not a boxing going audience the way there is in London and comparing it to Tyson Fury's last fight at Wembley where there was tickets in around say euro wise 70-75 euro but there for the cheap seats and it goes astronomical after that and do we have the market for the astronomical which as you say is the cream at the top where they make their money by selling those ringside seats to uh, incredibly rich people for a hell of a lot of money could that happen in Crow Park it sounds what you're saying if this were to have happened in Crow Park it would be a different model actually that they would probably have had to go down the road of to sell tickets to fill the stadium yeah, absolutely. And I think they probably took a similar approach to Madison Square Garden uh, in April of last year. And I find it interesting looking at some of the discourse surrounding this today and even, God, over the last eight, nine months where the prospect of Croke Park has been mooted. You'll have people say with conviction that there's no way Taylor sells out Croke Park or that she'd be lucky to break 40,000 tickets. And I really have no iota as to what that's based on. I think anybody who says it with conviction one way or the other is a spoofer ultimately because as you say there's no evidence uh, upon which to base an assertion like that what i would say is that she did manage to sell out madison square garden which is some five thousand kilometers away from dublin a massive irish turnout equally in fairness a huge puerto rican turnout which wouldn't be the case in croke park but if you take take into consideration that i don't know maybe 12 13 000 of the fans at msg that night were irish not all of them based in new york either I'd say there's a fair chance that Taylor could have at least broken even or at least Hearn could have broken even as a result of selling 50 plus thousand tickets for Croke Park. I would suggest as well some of the momentum since that original Serrano fight had been lost in the sense that the time to do it ideally would have been September of last year. It was also a more suitable date for, for Croke Park or the GA themselves as far as I'm aware. 
but at the same time, with the right promotion, with the right type of social media push, maybe bringing state broadcasters into the equation, all of these various things that you could have done to plug the event to the nth degree, absolutely, I think they could have at least avoided taking a bath on it. And I really mean that at the very least. So trying to paint Eddie Hearn then as just money hungry on this, it sounds like wouldn't be fair that this is would be a battle for him and that actually the cost of renting the stadium, the cost of security, securing some government investment is actually crucial if this were to go ahead at any stage. Well, I think Eddie Hearn would be the first to admit that he's a, a pretty rapacious capitalist and he's unapologetic about being a businessman and the fact that like he uh, is in the game to make money first and foremost. I just think in this specific instance, it doesn't come down solely to that. I think the um, some of the wrinkles in this or, or, or like say the security costs that you mentioned there, like even going back to the costs initially. So Peter McKenna has come out today and said that the rent for Croke Park is uh, €400,000. Eddie Hearn has been on the record as saying that Croke Park is three times more expensive than Wembley. The matchroom have sort of informed me that they would dispute the way that Peter McKenna has framed that 400,000 figure insofar as uh, they, McKenna described that as the cost to rent Croke Park. Matchroom contend that there have been um, several additional operational costs that have been added onto that so that it works out at in excess of a million euro rather than the 400,000 that was cited today. Right. And we kind of did stress as well that uh, there would be additional costs and significant additional costs for security for some of the reasons that he outlined in the clip that you played. But my understanding of it is that the additional costs that, let's say, um, allegedly bring it beyond the million mark, uh, like they're not all security costs by any stretch of the imagination. There are things like... Uh, things that are required to actually run a stadium operation, people that work the elevators, people that work the turnstiles, etc. Matchroom were a little bit blindsided by that aspect to it because if they were to hire at Wembley, as Eddie Hearn has done many times, or the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff and, and various other uh, stadiums, that is, those aspects tend to be included in the initial fee. So they agreed an initial fee in November and believed at that point that they pretty much had the deal done. Then they say they were presented with additional costs that doubled that overall fee. And that's where the point of contention is. And just to, to uh, follow up on that and what you mentioned about state support, I can understand how people would be uncomfortable with the prospect of taxpayers' money, quote unquote, being mm. paid to Eddie Hearn for what's ultimately private enterprise, right? There is precedent for this in the sense that like, the Irish government invested in the uh, Women's Irish Open golf tournament in Drummond Castle last year. There's also a process through which you have to go through it in order to seal funding or assistance on that level. Um, the way I understand that it, that Matrim wanted that to work would have been that the, the government might use their relationship with the GAA to work with them to, say, cover like leasing costs the way I think they do for all Ireland finals, that it would be viewed almost as though it's a national sporting event uh, in that regard, rather than simply a private event. Um, and that's, that, the- that sounds fair, as you touch on there. I don't think anyone would, would dispute that 
it's a good thing to invest in sport and at times sporting events and in women's Irish Open again we have a uh, Leona Maguire a trailblazer there that it's worth the government investing in and getting behind and using her as such an inspiring figure they will spend endless millions on Euro 2028 to try and get that to come here like the, mm. the the breakdown there I think is often in the semantics and the wording which is it's coming from sport rather than tourism whereas the money comes from sport but the benefit is for tourism yeah that, you're spot on no there are issues I know Thomas Byrne the, the current sports minister was speaking to ourselves on 42 earlier Gavin Cooney who's been on the show many times and he makes a point that because of the process that you would have to go through and because of how we say the benefits to tourism might affect that process or what the government would be able to do the fact that the proposed date of the 20th of may clashes with the champions cup final in rugby mm. is an issue for them because like you have very natural concerns of hotel capacities in dublin etc and also the fact that like how much of a boost to tourism is it, re- it tourism is it really when there's already a, a marquee sporting event taking place in the same city on the same day yeah but to so the three arena, about, the three arena aspect. Then is that a case of Hearn trying to call Crow Park's bluff, or is that a case of Hearn realizing I need to give Katie Taylor this homecoming come hell or high water, and if we just need to do it in the three arena, I won't make any money out of it. But let's just get it on. Yeah, I would have suspected that it was the former, just knowing the way that boxing promoters typically work, knowing how good Hearn is with the media, and he's pretty, he's a pretty decent business strategist, but. The more I speak to people involved in the process, the more I think it's actually the latter and that he's kind of given up on the Croke Park thing. I, I don't know that he necessarily expected that. Firstly, I don't know that he necessarily expected it as it would blow up to the degree that it has as a national story over the last 24 hours. And I don't think he anticipated that he would have the sort of universal support from the Irish public wherein the GA or Croke Park might uh, reduce their costs, let's say. Mm. So I actually think this is more a case of him giving up uh, and a rare occasion on which he's giving up. I say that it's a little bit unkind because a night of the three arena could still be pretty special, but ultimately, ultimately the way it works out, um, say regardless of what the costs are for Croke Park, even if they were just the 400,000 that Peter McKenna cites, or if they're over a million as match room have claimed to me that they are, the three arena is absolutely minuscule in comparison to that. It's just not a concern really booking it at all. The tickets, however, are going to be more expensive in order to, make some money on the event, right? And that's where it becomes prohibitive then for the customer, the general Irish sports fan. A lot of kids will miss out the opportunity of seeing Katie Taylor fight at home. And for a long time, that felt like the whole purpose of this to me. So that Mm. aspect to it does leave a bit of a sour taste, even if it might still be an amazing night. Uh, The fact that even the three arenas happening and the return of big time boxing, big time professional boxing to Dublin, does that mean that the issues surrounding boxing, surrounding the legacy of the Regency are are now in the past and that this could become a, a regular thing? You know, to answer your first question, whether or not those issues are, are in the past, I'd say they're, they're still vaguely visible in the rear view, right? I, I don't know that they've completely dissipated from memory or anything of the sort. How could they, in fairness? I do think they're less of a, an obstacle logistically and even, our, you know, in terms of security as well. Um, could we see more regular events like it? Firstly, I think I want to hear that the three arena show is confirmed. And I'd suggest that there could still be a couple of, not roll bumps in terms of booking the three arena, but certainly I would say there's a, still an appetite on matchroom side of this equation to try and have one last conversation with Croke Park, maybe even hypothetically look at another date further down the line. Um, 
if the three arena happened and if it was a success, I still don't anticipate that it would be like a game changer or that you'd have consistent big time boxing at the three arena or in the Republic Republic of Ireland generally, because like it's expensive to do business here, firstly, because it's going to have caused her and an awful lot of hassle to have come here in the first place for the first time in uh, nine years, as it will be by May. And I don't know that there's an appetite necessarily among his fellow major promoters to come here. What it will take, if that is to happen, is for some up-and-comer to gain enough of a profile here that they make their own demands and and they ensure that they fly the flag of the three arena or, or somewhere bigger one day. But it's a long way off still, to my mind. The best little country to do business in, eh? Uh, Gavin Casey, thank you very much, as always. Thanks, Nathan.